Welcome in to the Free Agency is Live and in Living Color edition of the Dolphins in Depth show. I am caddy of the show, Armando Salguero, star of the show, Adam Beasley. It's been a stellar, stellar last 29 hours in the AFC East. It's amazing, isn't it? Uh, you know, we, you, I, and Barry, that's terrible grammar, Barry, you, and myself <laughs> uh, combine for a live blog, and I haven't been able to just take a second away from it. There have been so many Dolphins transactions. So there haven't been so many Dolphins transactions. Uh, <laughs> they did get better, though. They, uh, they could argue that they've gotten better. You know, they, they added Vince, Vince Beagle, who did not offer them even one snap last year <laughs> in the regular season. And so um, they added that small piece of pass rush. And um, there, there's where we're at with that. Uh, but in the face of the New England Patriots, Adam, spending 273-odd million dollars in free agency, and we're only 29, 30 hours into the thing, it's kind of like, oh, my God, <laughs> that's amazing. So, yeah, let's let's start where the news is, and the news is the Patriots uh, are spending like the Dolphins, and the Dolphins are spending like the Patriots. Uh, it's a crazy rule reversal, but, hey, you know, pandemic, everything's different. Uh, the, the, the Patriots, 7-9 last year, obviously not good enough massively, massively talent deficient um, and and had one of the most the biggest piles of cap space money in all of the NFL, and they didn't sit on it. They came out of the gates like gangbusters. They saw, they've since signed uh, the two top tight ends, not just one, but the two top tight ends uh, in Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. They signed one of the five best pass rushers in Matt Judon. Um, they signed a uh, veteran wide receiver, Nelson Aguilar. They signed a, a some role players. They signed a DB out of Philadelphia. And their roster looks a lot better today than it did two days ago. And if the, if the, the Patriots' objective was to set up their lineup going into the draft so they could do anything they wanted in the draft, I feel, I feel like it's successful. I feel like they got that accomplished. So let's have an intelligent, philosophical free agency discussion to start this off because um, we can get into the nitty-gritty later philosophically, okay? What they have done, akin to what the Dolphins did, by the way, last year when they, the Dolphins spent $227 million in free agency last year. And so they didn't exactly, you know... <laughs> Uh, uh, look the other way and say, oh, no, 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 free agency, bad, not good, free agency. They they dipped, they dipped. didn't just dip their toes. They, they went in all the way past their eyebrows. So philosophically, free agency makes a difference for a team or free agency does not make a difference for a team, go. Oh, well, <laughs> it depends on how well the money is used. If you use it like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and get literally all of the offensive weapons that made a difference in the Super Bowl, it's awesome. It's perfect. If you use it like the Dolphins did 12 months ago and have since said goodbye to two of those biggest signings, Kyle Van Noy and Shaq Lawson. Three. And pop, 
the third. Oh, Jordan Howard, Howard. correct. Yeah. Uh, and and probably would say goodbye to a fourth if his uh, Byron Jones, if his contract was structured in a way the other three were. Um, it's not a great sign. Byron Jones is a fine player. He's not what they're paying him. Certainly not in a depressed cap year. There is, he is not, he would not come near earning that contract in an open, open market this year. Oh no. So yeah, you, you need to be smart, but the Patriots by and large are pretty smart. They've won, you know, what is it? Six Super Bowls in the last 20 years by doing smart things. And so I know people are crushing Belichick. I know you, you know, some of your, uh, your, your, your Twitter retweets have been uh, uh, educational and entertaining and people just crushing them and saying if it was any other team who did this, uh, they'd be destroyed. And I agree, but they're not any other team. They're the New England Patriots, and they have the best coach of all time. And they had, they, they, they had a talent-bereft team last year that went 7-9, and nine, and now there's, they're no longer talent-bereft. They have players all across the board. They're getting a bunch of guys back from the COVID opt-out. Uh, and if they can figure out the quarterback position, which I believe is still a work in progress, I don't think Cam Newton is going to be gifted that job. Then all of a sudden, the AFC East just got a lot got a lot better. Second best coach of all time, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. Second best, thank you. All deference to uh, Don Shula. Uh, oh, oh, I thought you were talking about Philbin. No, I I really wasn't. Uh, but look, here's here's the here, here's the thing with the Patriots, and and I I hear everything you've just said about them, and it's all mostly true, and it's all mostly a hundred percent. The the small percentage that I, I I can't bring myself to agreeing with you on is. Yeah, they're the New England Patriots. They do a lot of smart things. Uh, they did a lot of smart things because Tom Brady made everything that they did look smart. Okay? And suddenly last year, they're just with the rest of humankind, and they're doing things, and they don't look so smart. And last I saw, Tom Brady still isn't on that team. And so they've signed two tight ends, Hunter Henry and Jono Smith, who everybody loves, right? Everybody thinks this is great. I love tight ends. Tight ends catch touchdown passes in the red zone. That's what they do. You know that the Patriots drafted two tight ends in the third round last year? Yes. Yeah, um, I mean, you spend a lot of money in free agency, you're admitting mistakes in the draft. That's yeah. that's that's the truth. It's absolutely the truth. Right. And and so the 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 yeah, but for the New England Patriots is Cam Newton. That's mm-hmm. the yeah, but right now. Well, and and I totally agree. I totally agree. But I don't think that he is guaranteed to be their starter next year. In fact, I think that for the first the first time, which I had to look this up and it made my brain explode when I put it on Twitter, the first time in the quarter century of years, Bill Belichick has been a head coach in the NFL. This would be the first time they use a first round pick on a quarterback, which is just jaw dropping. Of course, they stumbled into a Hall of Famer in the sixth round. Uh, and, and when he took the job, he inherited Drew Bledsoe. And when he took the Browns job, he inherited Bernie Kosar. So there, there's a reason for all that. But nonetheless, um, my guess is, and this is just a guess, I, I don't have sources in New England. I just know what I observe. 
I think he's going all in on a quarterback in the draft. I think he is setting his lineup so if he has to use his first, second, and third round picks to go get the guy he wants, he'll be comfortable doing so. And in fact, I, people are saying, oh, this is so out of character for Belichick. Well, yes and no. It, it, usually, it isn't usually this concentrated, but it's not like the, the, all of their stars from New England past have been homegrown players. Far from, to be honest. Stephon Gilmore, not a homegrown player. Darrell Rivas, not a homegrown player. Randy Moss, not a homegrown player. Kyle Van Noy, not a homegrown player. Wes Welker, not a homegrown player. So they have a long history of going and poaching other teams' players and, 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 and leading to be, them to even greater success in New England. That's not new. But what I think is new is the fact that they might just say, you know what, we don't need the draft. We're good. We're going to use all the assets we need to go get our quarterback. And you know, you know what? I'm Bill Belichick. I'm 67 years old. I'm not doing that rebuild through the draft thing. I'm not taking three, four years to get back to a Super Bowl contender. I'm an old dude. I'm going to fast forward the process. I think I'm smart enough. I'm good enough of a coach. I'm a good enough talent evaluator to make it work. And we're off to the races. And it's going to be a fantastic case study. We're going to find out in the next 12, 24 months if Bill, Bel- Bill Belichick really is as smart as we think he is. If he drafts Mac Jones out of Alabama and Mac Jones turns out to be better than Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Oh, oh I, wow. Oh, am, wow. Oh, already poking the bear. What are we, like eight minutes into this podcast? Oh, man. I, I am going to find the the – the ledge that is at the highest possible altitude and get on it. And somebody's going to have to talk me off because I, I, I mean, I, I'll just, my head will explode. I, I just, well, I, let me, let, let's, let's, let's play devil's advocate then. Say the Dolphins do not acquire Deshaun Watson. Say Tua is their starter. Let's, let's game out this conversation. The roster the Patriots have right now, plus a top 10 quarterback, could be Trey Lance, could be Mac Jones. Uh, you know, maybe they love uh, Justin Fields. We don't know who their quarterback uh, pick would be, but let's just say they get the guy they want in the top 10. They move up to the top 10, they get him. And the Dolphins use their keep their, their, their picks where they are, and they get a wide receiver, the best wide receiver available, and they can do that at number three. Uh, and they, they add a pass rusher, which they're going to desperately need. We'll get into that more uh, as, as the show continues. And they add some nice complimentary pieces the rest of the draft. Whose roster would you like more? Well, let me, let me walk you back a step. Right now, today, I like the Patriots roster more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you go to the draft and you add those pieces, we'll see what the pieces are. I don't know what – but today – The Patriots are a better team than the Miami Dolphins. The Patriots have stepped up. The Dolphins have stepped back because the Dolphins have, in fact, launched out into the jettison mode of goodbye, Kyle Van Noy. So, you know, overpaid or whatever, he still contributed what he contributed, and that's gone. Let's let's not even – let's not get that deep into it. They lost their 2019 MVP overnight last night, and nobody blinked an eye. They lost a guy that, if he had started all 16 games, the Dolphins could have been a playoff team in 2021. And we didn't blink an eye in in Ryan Fitzpatrick. So absolutely the Dolphins are not as good as they were 24 hours ago. Correct. And, by the way, also Shaq Lawson is gone. (laughs) That's another four, four and a half sacks or whatever. You know, the Patriots and the Dolphins, the difference between them last year was negligible. Uh, although one team had a way better record, uh, th- when those two teams played, it was like looking at 
mirror images of each other for all intents purposes. And so the the fact that, like you said, Fitzpatrick saved the day in one improbable miracle finish in Las Vegas, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, well, I mean, let's 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 have the argument. If 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 Ryan Fitzpatrick and Xavier Howard were on the Patriots last year, the Patriots would have been substantially better than the Dolphins. True or false? True. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's not like it's not like the Dolphins just because uh, they're they finished second in the AFC East and you know in, in, in a regular season would have made the playoffs as a seven seed, but because there were a bunch of eleven win teams, they didn't. Um, you know, we can't just sit back and say, oh, they're on an upward trajectory. No, that's not how the NFL works. I do believe the Dolphins will do something, will do something uh, in the coming hours and days during free agency. They will. They they will. Um, but I don't think that they've necessarily moved the needle. The purpose of an offseason, in my estimation, and in, by all logic, around the entire earth is improve. Mm-hmm. And it, as I look at the Miami Dolphins today, which is what I'm going to get into in the Miami Herald in the next day or so, is are they better today? You know, it's the Ronald Reagan line. Are you better now than you were four years ago? Well, are we better now than we were four months ago? No, I mean, obviously not, but obviously it's also an incomplete picture because I, I do think uh, that the Dolphins are going to be active um, in free agency. I do believe that they're going to sign one of the top four or five receivers available. I still do believe they're going to sign an edge defender. I think they, they how? made this. They, how? Well, how? how? Yeah. How? So they because have $25 million, right? Well, uh, they got like 30, but the, 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 the market has, uh, the market for wide receivers is absolutely cratered. Okay. Completely cratered. So there are there are players that you know, we've discussed. Kenny, Kenny Galladay last week. He is just one of the multiple options available to them. Again, as of the speaking of us at two twenty three on on Tuesday afternoon. Sure. You know, by the time you you all listen to this, that that could have changed. But people, agents I've been talking to the last two days are literally ripping their hair out because the market for wide receivers is not close to what was expected. And there's a number of reasons for that. The most obvious is because the salary cap has gone down by 8% and teams had budgeted for an extra $30, $40 million in cap space this year that just isn't there. That's, that's, that's totally fine. I think there's a more fundamental issue. I think the fundamental issue is this. Each and every year, the college ranks are turning out better and better wide receivers because these guys have been, been trained as wide receivers from a far earlier age than in years past. They have these seven-on-seven camps. They're playing year-round. They go to colleges that are wide open, and they, they, they throw the ball over the place. Um, so I think the fact that, as Mel Kuyper said a few weeks ago, that there are 35 wide receivers with fifth-round grades or better, teams are like, why would I spend $11 million on Juju Smith-Schuster when I can get a player who's almost as good for a million bucks in the second or third round? Why would I do that? And so I do think that, you know, the supply and demand aspect of that will bring down the market to a degree that even the Dolphins with, with their admittedly limited resources. And again, they haven't played any of these funny money, you know, games with the cap that the Saints have, that the Chiefs have, and the Bucks have, the voidable years and all that garbage. They haven't done, they haven't played that game. And that option's available to them too if there's a guy they love, but they're signaling that they're not going to do that. So let's just say that they do keep the $30 million or whatever it is in space they have. Um, I, I think they're going to be able to, to sign a guy like 
Curtis Samuel or a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster or a guy like, you know, Kenny Galladay if, 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 his, if his market isn't as robust as he thinks it is. So I think wide receiver will, be a, will, will end up being fine for them. Me, my concern is edge rusher. The, wait, wait, wait. Let's handle the wide receiver part first. Okay. Uh, before we do the edge rusher. So you just made a very good argument for it's going to happen and it can happen. What I see is that uh, a guy such as Nelson Aguilar is getting $13.5 million a year. What I see is that a guy, uh, what is it, Corey, Corey Davis – uh, is getting $12 million a year. So you think Kenny Galladay uh, is going to go, okay, I'll sign a long-term deal for about for less than that or about that? There's no way. What well, he's going to do at worst, at worst, is sign maybe a one-year deal or a one-year, which is in fact a one-year deal with, you know, whatever machinations they do, you know, avoidable uh, years, et cetera, et cetera. That's going to average fourteen million dollars a year, and that is beyond the reach of the Miami Dolphins. Well, not if they, you know, not if they sign a voidable year contract. Not if they give them one of those funny money deals, because they're going to have a hundred million dollars of cap space next year. So if they want to push, if they want to push some of that obligation to two thousand twenty-two. They can, uh, but also but he I, wants I, to I, get money this year. Oh, no, understood. No, you can pay him this year, and the cap charge will be next year. That's how all these teams are getting away with it. So the Dolphins can do that too. Uh, do but the here's the thing: I, like what? Like how? Give me fourteen okay. million dollars and get me under the the get me a five million dollar cap charge. You want a five million dollar cap charge and a fourteen million dollar payout this year? It's it's very easy to do. Do it. You give you give him a say a three year deal with the last two years voidable. You you want to get him to fourteen million dollars of cash this year? That's what you want. So you, okay, least, what you, yeah. Uh, all right. So you give him a. $12 million signing bonus and a $2 million base salary. So, okay, $6 million will be his cap, cap hit this year. And you it'll see? be another. You missed it! You missed it! <laughs> <laughs> I think they'd be okay getting Kenny, Kenny Galladay for $6 bucks this year. I think the, they'd be okay the, with that. The problem with that is now you said $30 million. Now they're at, what, 24 And 14 have to go to drafting. But again, they can they can they can open up ten million dollars of cap space today simply by going to Byron Jones and saying your base salary is now a signing bonus or a roster bonus. Or however, you, they 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 haven't exhausted any of those options. And again, maybe they won't. But if they're guys that they want that they feel like is a good value, they absolutely can and they will do that. And I think that's the thing is that they haven't they haven't touched that third rail yet. But if they want to, they can. And there are people within the organization advocating that they do that. You know why they haven't? Tell me. It's a two-word answer. Give me the two words. Tua Tungabailoa? No. Sean Watson? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the two-word answer to we can't do this until well, we know. Well, this, this is a great place to take a pause because we're going to, on that cliffhanger, keep all of our listeners waiting on the edge of their seats through this quick commercial break. All right. In three, two, one. We went 19 minutes without saying the words to Sean Watson, which I think is a personal record for this podcast, and uh, we did so at an opportune time. Uh, Armando, people have been waiting very patiently for you to explain why Deshaun Watson's the reason. The reason is the Miami Dolphins want Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry to our Army, but they do. Deshaun Watson's better. 
Okay. Can can I, can I just can I can I just jump in one to say it. one second just to laugh yeah. because when Vince Beagle announced that he was re-signing, did you see the mentions in his tweet? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, it was the entire Tua Army, as you astutely put it, just completely roasting the guy, just absolutely <laughs> roasting the guy, like gifs of of Tua laughing and dancing, and oh, just absolutely roasting. Because the backstory is Vince Beagle made it publicly known on Twitter that he'd love to have, like probably every other person in that locker room would love to have Deshaun Watson as their quarterback. But I apologize for the interruption. Please continue. No, no, it's totally fine. I am well familiar with the Tua Army because they've come after me time and time again. And guess what? I don't care because you're wrong and I'm right. (laughs) I'm sorry, Tua Army, but, uh, you know, the Bondo Marines are coming at you. And and this is the reason. The reason that the Miami Dolphins would prefer Deshaun Watson to Tua Tungavailoa, regardless of everything that they've said, regardless of all that you know, all the the special feelings that everyone has for Tua is because Deshaun Watson's better. Mm. It's as simple as that. It's called an upgrade. And if you can do it as an NFL team, it is your job to do it. That's, I mean, I I don't know how else to put it to people. I was having a uh, conversation uh, offline with one of the uh, the New York based beat writers because I was scratching my head as to what the the Jets have been doing and you know they they they've had a couple of fine signings maybe Corey Davis would be pretty good they got a linebacker who's okay I guess mm-hmm. but uh, oh and they got uh, Carl Lawson who as you put on as pointed out on Twitter probably got overpaid at fifteen million bucks a year no doubt but if if you're if you're Deshaun Watson and you see what the Jets have done. Does that make you more or less inclined to come here? And his response like, oh, he's not coming to New York. <laughs> After what they've done these first couple of days. So I do, I really do think that if the, if the Texans do relent and listen to reason and decide to start shopping Deshaun Watson, that the Dolphins will be the destination. It just makes the most sense. Uh, now, why wouldn't he go to the New York Jets? Because, I mean, last that, I checked, that's where he wants to be. That roster is garbage. Absolutely okay. garbage, and they haven't made huge strides to up, improve it. They're 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 signaling as if they're going to do so through the draft. Now, maybe all these 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 value free agents that they're talking about, we're talking about, maybe they all go to New York. But if you're going to sign a value deal, why go to a garbage team? I don't I don't see the benefit of that. Um, I, I just I just think that at the end of the day, the Jets are planning as if uh, they're going to draft their quarterback at number two overall. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And one thing that doesn't make a lot of sense is keeping Sam Darnold because, you know, it's a one-year rental, basically, and you can get probably a third-round pick for him, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe a fourth-round pick for him. So why keep him around when next year he's going to be a free agent or you would have to injury guarantee him, you know, at some point this year? It, that's, that, I, don't, I don't get that one. I, yeah. I don't, you know, bye bye, Sam. It was good knowing you as a New York Jet, but I don't see how they could possibly stay on that course. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I, I think that, I mean, Zach Wilson's looking more and more likely as their next quarterback, which is fine because I've seen all of three quarters of him play in all of college, and I believe that was in the Boca Bowl. So I know very little about the guy aside from what I've read. But good luck to you. 
No, I look. We, it, this isn't a move about Zach Wilson. This is more a move about you know that Sam Darnold ain't it, and so your question is: Do you pay him and stay with it ain't it, or do you get rid of him and roll the dice? And I think in part that's what the Miami Dolphins did with Ryan Tannehill. And everybody is going to go, oh, but Ryan Tannehill's really good. No, he's not really good. He's still the same Ryan Tannehill. He's gone to the playoffs the last couple of years. Great. That's his ceiling. And what does he – don't get me started on Ryan Tannehill. He's on a much better team than he was here. I think that's uh, what's done. With a 2,000-yard rusher. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, 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 hey. I think you're uh, selling the man short. Uh, Kenyon Drake was a 200-yard? No. Although, here's a funny story. Uh, And, again, by the time you all listen to this, Kenyon Drake may have signed a contract, but I would doubt it because as bad as I've been talking about the wide receiver market, the running back market is way worse. Like, if you're a running back right now, you're hating your life because no one is is paying for running backs at this point. Uh, Kenyon Drake, the rumor is, wants $8 million annually. $8 million. Well, last year was a full employment type of year situation sure. for the for, for the salary cap. Uh, he'll be lucky if he gets four or five. I and want $12 million annually, personally for myself. Okay, good luck. I hope you have a good agent. I'm not a running back, though. Uh, <laughs> I'm a You're very... More you have more longevity than a running back. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. So you earlier were talking about edge rushers, and, you know, obviously the Dolphins have lost some edge defenders of their own doing, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, in cutting Kyle Van Noy and trading Shaq Lawson. So what happens there? Well, Benardrick McKinney is not a true edge defender. I know they acquired him in a trade for Shaq Lawson. Um, I guess the trade's official on Wednesday, but it was over the weekend. Um, that's not the answer there. He's going to play on the inside with Jerome Baker. Um, they need to sign one, and they need to draft one. I think it's that simple. Maybe they think they can – maybe their plan is at 18 to go get a guy, and they'll, they'll find some value in the second or third tiers, but – Maybe I, my my sense is the market got away from what they thought it might be, but I don't I don't think you trade Shaq Lawson unless you have a very solid Plan B. We just haven't seen that Plan B come to fruition yet. Right. So Shaq Lawson, you know, I think they messed up on Shaq Lawson. Is what happened? Can the original be, the, the original yeah. signing or the trade? Yeah. No. Can we be honest about that? No. The original signing. They they thought oh, obviously him. obviously they they chipped his ass out of here after twelve months. They thought <laughs> of him. Yeah, yeah they sorry. thought no. Well, there's a difference though because, uh, for example, Kyle Van Noy he did what they thought he would do. The problem is he's overpaid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shaq Lawson didn't do what they thought he would do, and he's not overpaid. So that there's a difference. There's a do you see the nuance there at all? No? Yeah, I, I mean, yes, Van Doy was overpaid, but if he was a Pro Bowler last year, they would have they would have been okay with overpaying him. Like even if you know, say say he was making thirteen million dollars and he played at a ten or eleven million dollar level, and he, he you know he gave them you know ten sacks, he absolutely would be back, absolutely. But I, I think even Van Noy didn't play to their expectations. But Shaq Lawson absolutely played well under their expectations. Look, I, I think of the two, you look at the contracts, 
they, Emmanuel Agbo was the long shot, and Shaq Lawson was the guy they were depending on. And now it's totally flipped. Agba is one of the greatest values they have on their roster. And, uh, and, and, and Lawson's on his third team in three seasons. It tells you that, um, it tells you something about the contract that they gave Kyle Van Noy. When Kyle Van Noy has been on the market, and by the way, you can sign him anytime you want. Mm-hmm. Kyle Van Noy was, has been available and no one has signed him. Correct. No well, one has signed I'm, him. Yeah, and and they would have if the Dolphins could have gotten, you know, a, a backup guard for Kyle Van Noy in a trade, they would have made that move. But no team was no team was going to take on that contract. The contract was bad. That that's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. The the Lawson contract was not bad. That was a good contract for a Oh yeah. Bet. Yeah, pass rusher making 10 million bucks a year. That's right. that's that's pretty good. Right. That's that's my nuanced look at it. One had a bad contract. The other one, not a good fit, not a good enough player at what he was asked to do. Um, you know, Lawson is a run stopper. <laughs> he's an edge defender on the run. He's mm-hmm. not re- – and he's a try-hard pickup, you know, pickup late and and uh, kind of like a, a a coverage sack guy. That That is what he is. He's not – you know, dynamic by any means. I don't think on on pass rush. That's so. Who do you like for them to replace? Well, yeah, I'm I'm just gonna say a name because I want to I want to gauge your reaction. Okay, Jadavian Clowney. Yeah, I saw that you tweeted that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! So where to begin with this? Um, so okay, so this is my this is just. My overview of Jadavian Clowney, bigger name, bigger reputation than production. Uh, and on top of that, like, wants to get paid. And on top of that, wants to be with a winner. And on top of that, he's not uh, a guy. He, he's I just I'm sorry. I, I, the For me. The train has left the station on Jadavian Clowney. It didn't make sense even in 2019 when they were kind of, you know, trying to get him to come here, and he refused. Now, yeah, I, you tell I me think why he, it makes sense to you. Well, I, I think if you just look at the sack numbers, you're correct. He is not the number one pick in the draft. He's not the guy that's made tens of millions of dollars. But that's only one part of his game. I think he does affect the game in a lot of ways, the pressures, the hits on quarterbacks. He is very, very, very good against the run. I mean, that's I mean, him setting an edge would be an upgrade by far over Shaq Lawson. I mean, that's he is a good player that way. But I, I agree with you on the other all the other things. And, and, and here's something you didn't mention. Uh, the, 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 the rumor was and again, he hasn't talked about this much publicly. But the rumor was that the reason he, you know, shot down the trade to the Dolphins, certainly they were a, they were a talent bereft team that was going to lose in 2019. So that didn't help. But he had just gotten out, out from underneath the thumb of Bill O'Brien, a Bill Belichick a disciple. And I don't think he particularly wanted to go to Brian Flores, a Bill Belichick disciple. I think he saw too many similarities between the guy he wanted to get away from and the guy wanting to trade for him. So why are you 
floating his name. Oh, just because it would be it would be hilarious if he's stuck signing with the Dolphins because he has no better options. I mean, that would that would just make me cackle because <laughs> I'm I'm a cynical guy. What can I tell you? But I think it, I think it would be very very funny because he would make the team better. Jadavian Clowney on this defense is much better than the defense they have right now. Well, that's because he's a body. He's 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 actually well. warm. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't mean. <laughs> well, I mean, no. There, there are there are other like veterans out there that they could sign that would be more of a, a body than than Jadavian Clowney would be. I, I think I, I you and I might just have a difference of opinion on how good he can be. I, I still think he's a really good player. Just not a he's just not a, a guy who's going to give you fifteen sacks. Ryan Kerrigan better. Yeah, yeah, no, not better than Jadavian Clowney at this stage of his career. No way. Jadavian Clowney is only like 28 years old, right? I, I know. Ryan Kerrigan, five sacks last year in like 280 snaps. When when does his uh, Social Security kick in? I think he's 32. Yeah, but what's that? In, what's that in dog years? <laughs> All I'm saying is, it's just a one year. You're just at this point. I think we're talking about guys just to kind of. Fill the roster spot for a year. Uh, I don't think that you they're know, talking about this is our future guy. I'm going to do Jadavian Clowney pro football focus just to see what their their grade is compared to Ryan Kerrigan. And I would I would bet that Clowney had a, a had a substantially higher grade, but I could be totally wrong. Let's see. No, uh, you probably Clown, right. Clowney uh, was a 74.9. That's good. Out of 100, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um and Ryan Ryan Kerrigan was this is great radio by the way me googling it's <laughs> what the people tune in for yeah. <laughs> 59.8 so in pro football focuses eyes Clowney was a substantially better player than Kerrigan he's great uh in pass rush disruptions eyes who had more pass rush disruptions. Oh, now you're making me Google more. I don't have that information. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. That's, that's fine. That it's not a. I don't think that they're really interested in Ryan Kerrigan. Probably, I would be. They're not. Plus, mm-hmm. he's probably more a four three end than than anything else. Yeah, that, uh, you don't you don't want him dropping in space for sure. No, no, never. <laughs> no, 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 no. So you all, yeah, no. That's that is true. But what does it say, by the way, that here we are, thirty-five minutes into our day two of free agency podcast, and these are the names we're talking about? It, it tells me that uh, Brian Flores wasn't pulling our legs last week when he basically said it was going to be a modest free agency for the Dolphins. It tells me that uh, the pandemic hurt them in ways that they obviously weren't prepared for. Uh, it tells me that. Uh, they better draft very well because if they're going to take a significant step, two things have to happen. They have to hit home runs in the draft, and Tua, the number one pick for them last year, has to turn into a home run. Mm-hmm. Or they could just draft Deshaun, uh, trade for Deshaun Watson, and everything <laughs> will be solved, and we'll be down the road to a playoff berth. Simple that, as that. That is, I mean, honestly – uh, the, the 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 legacies of Brian Flores and Chris Greer could depend on whether or not Nick Casario gets his head out of his butt. I mean, seriously, that that that, that it's crazy. That's what it could come down to. But that's life in the NFL. So do, before we leave, let's let's tackle this one issue. Um, so David Cully 
was on a podcast with uh, with Steve Weish, and uh, it was the Hustle and Flow podcast, right? And he said to them, he said, when asked about Deshaun Watson, he's our quarterback right now. About 30 minutes later, he's on a Zoom with Houston area reporters, and he says, it changed, by the way. It mm-hmm. changed to Deshaun is our quarterback. So the right now vernacular, that went out the window, and it got changed to absolutely, definitely. So do you believe option A right now, or do you believe option B and it was explained to him that if you really believe he's going to be around, you can't say right now. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I think there is some uh, PR director who got into his ear about that. I also think that they're they're not ready right now to give up on the idea of reconciling Deshaun Watson because <sighs> these guys are so hard to find. I mean, I mean, the Dolphins have been looking for one since Dan Marino. I mean, they've been looking for one for literally a quarter century for, for this kind of guy. And the the Texans have one, and they don't want it to be another twenty five years until they find another one, right? So uh, until they have exhausted every avenue to get him back inside the tent, um, they're they're going to do it. So that's why uh, you know, although free agency beginning free agency was the most you know logical end game for you know kiss and make up. They're not they're they're, they're not going to listen to that, and the draft seems absolutely the last logical. Uh, deadline, but maybe like, you know what, It's we're going to take this all the way through training camp. And if he doesn't show up in training camp and if he trashes the, the organization publicly and he, if he threatens retirement, uh, we can either call his bluff or and if he's not bluffing and, and he actually retires, have the worst team in NFL history because they have no other quarterbacks in the roster, um, or they then can trade him. But I, I don't think they're in any hurry whatsoever to resolve this because I think they still think on some level they can make it work. By the way, Jim Trotter is the other star of the Hustle and Huddle uh, and Flow podcast, and so I didn't mean to disparage Jim at all because he's great at what he's always done. Uh, there is a timing factor here, is there not? Basically, I mean, they they're going to they have their timing, and I'm talking about the Houston Texans, but the rest of the NFL has a different timing, and mm-hmm. if you're Right now, we're, we're on the cusp of the Dolphins' timing because if the Dolphins are going to give up multiple picks and multiple high picks, including their number three overall pick in a Deshaun Watson trade, they need to add talent now so that they can uh, surround Deshaun Watson with a semblance of a solid team. They can't wait until the draft to surround Tua with the semblance of a, of a solid team. I, I would agree with that. I would also th- say that Deshaun Watson, you, you make it work. You, if, 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 if you're telling me either I have to commit to two an hour, or maybe get Deshaun Watson of September, I'm still okay with Deshaun Watson of September because even if they don't win it all in 2021, which is again, a long shot, only one team wins the Super Bowl, You have all of 2022 and him under contract for a while to make it work. So, yeah, I mean, of course, they would like to be able to set it up so they can go on their run immediately as soon as he, he's traded to the Dolphins. Uh, but sometimes, you know, circumstances don't really align with your wishes. But, you know, I, I think that the bigger issue is this. If, 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 if the Texans play this out until the beginning of training camp or the beginning of the season, 
Um, you're, you're and, and, and then you decide to trade Deshaun Watson. You have no idea, even if the Dolphins trade for another first-round pick, which I think is a real possibility, get another first-round pick in 2022, you have no idea where those picks are going to land. Right, you have like you Absolutely. might be you might be giving up the third and eighteenth pick now for the twenty fourth and twenty eighth pick next year. Well, so, and, and how do they know who's going to have multiple picks? It would almost preclude the Dolphins, who will not have. Well, that's the point picks. I'm making. Is I think they're going to hedge their bets. I think they're going to if they don't get to Sean before the draft, but he they 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 think he's still an option. I, I bet they move out of three and down down to eight or nine or something, pick up an extra one. And you know what all that also is? It's two insurance. If Tua doesn't play well this year, they have they have two first-round picks next year to, to address the position, either with a Watson trade or with taking their own guy. The Tua army is going to come for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the Tua army is going is locked and loaded for Adam H. Beasley. That's, that's the way it is. Oh, on that note, we better get out of here before they start, you know, <laughs> before they open fire. Indeed. We appreciate you joining us this week on the Dolphins In-Depth Show. You can join us every week right here. We'll be back next week. See you then. 